Welcome to Life Source Church. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. Today you're going to hear a message from Pastor Walt that we hope encourages you. The Lord is my shepherd. That's right. What a familiar psalm that is to us, isn't it? Uh, if, if, you know, people from all different kinds of Christian backgrounds uh, know this psalm. There's a good chance as you were a child, you were exposed, if you had any religious training, there's a good chance that you heard Psalm 23 and maybe learned Psalm 23. Uh, if not, you may have been to a, a funeral a uh, memorial service where the psalm is read, right? People find a great deal of comfort in that. I oftentimes will use that at a graveside. We'll read through Psalm 23 and talk about it a little bit. Uh, but let's, let's do this. Let's give it a shot here. I want to see uh, how many of you at some point in your life you think you memorized this? Yeah, I see all over the place. Uh, are we going to do it in King James? Did you memorize it in King James most likely? Probably. Anyway, well, let's, let's, let's try it together. And, and when I'm up front in, on the spot, I often forget. So you guys keep going. Ready? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. What's next? What is it? Thank you. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Father, I pray that as we have this uh, familiar psalm to us, Lord, that you would speak to us uh, maybe in, in new ways, fresh ways that, that help us to again see it, what it means in our lives. Um, so I pray, Father, we would incline our hearts to you now, and listen for your voice. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's take our Bibles and go to Psalm 23. It is on page 631. It's in the Bible under the chairs there. And if you don't have uh, your own Bible, we'd encourage you to follow along with that. So it starts off, as we see it, the Lord is my shepherd. Now here's the thing. This is, that's a very personal statement, isn't it? The Lord is my shepherd. It's not so much the idea is that, that he belongs to me. It's not like that, you know, that, that he's mine, he belongs to me. But it is the idea that it's very personal, that I belong to him and he is my shepherd. Very, very personal. And so the things we're going to talk about today uh, really apply, only actually apply to people who have that relationship with the Lord. And the idea of the Lord being my shepherd, Jesus described himself as the good shepherd. The good shepherd, he says, lays down his life for the sheep, and that's what Jesus did for us, right? He came, he lived that perfect, sinless life. He died on the cross, paying the penalty for our sins, rises again from the dead. And then he says to us that if we will acknowledge that we have sinned against him, we have, every one of us, right? 
uh, multiple times. And we will acknowledge that and, and understand we can't save ourselves. There's nothing we can do to fix that problem except trust Jesus as Savior, to receive Christ as Savior. And that's what he says. If we'll put our faith in what he did for us and in him as our Savior, that he will forgive every sin we ever have or ever will commit. He died for all of them. Uh, and that we, have, we will receive eternal life, his life within us, so that when this life is over, we go on living with him. And then he moves in. Moves in deep down inside and, and begins to work in our lives and, and make changes, some of which we will see as we talk about this psalm today. But so it is really crucial. And by the way, if you never made that decision, you can do that right now. Just say, God, that's me. And I do. I'm trusting Jesus as Savior. Or if you have questions, you know, talk to me afterwards. I would love to connect with you about this. But so it starts off as very much it's a personal relationship. He doesn't start off the Lord is a shepherd. Doesn't start off the Lord is a wise shepherd. Doesn't start that he says the Lord is what? My shepherd. And so that's where it has to start. And then what we discover as we go on through this is that there's really like four big ideas here. I and mean, there's tons of actually big ideas. The four that really kind of overarch the whole thing. And that's that we will see about the shepherd's provision for his sheep, the shepherd's direction of his sheep, uh, his protection of the sheep, and then the blessings that he brings to his sheep. So let's start off with that first one, the provision, the Lord's provision. And, and this is these verses here, you know, I shall not want. By the way, did anybody besides me when you were a kid scratch your head when you first heard that and learned that? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Why don't I want the shepherd? Anybody besides me? Am I the only one? Anybody besides me ever think that? Okay, at least one in the back. Thank you, Scott. I appreciate that. Okay, so Scott, you and me. Right? I shall not want. What do you mean? Well, it does, he means be in want, right? Be in need. And those I'm not going to lack. So we're talking about what God provides. And really everything in the psalm falls under this, but some a little more specifically here. He says, he makes me to lie down in green pastures, leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. And so the Lord's provision, here's what you need to understand about this, that God will always provide everything you need to do his will and glorify him. Now, that last part of that statement is crucial, isn't it? To understand what God has promised to do. He has promised that he is going to provide the things that we need. Now let me say this, that as a Christian, someone who received Christ as Savior and God has moved in and he's, he's called us to live for him, hasn't he? Our lives are to be about him. We are to follow the shepherd, go with the shepherd, do what the shepherd wants us to do. We are to, to be living our lives for him. And when we are doing that, he promises to meet every need. But what about when we're not doing that? If you're going your own way, doing your own thing, just kind of ignoring the whole God part of, the, of you know, your life, and do, do you think that you can expect God to meet every need that you have? That's a little tricky, isn't it? Because here's the reality is that what will happen is God will use your needs to get your attention. Right? You have needs and you don't know how and all of a sudden maybe you start thinking, man, I think I need to turn to the Lord. 
Okay, and so he will use those needs. But the idea, the goal of meeting our needs is to accomplish his purposes in our lives. And so he really, we're living for him, he promises to do this. And so we see this in Matthew 6. Jesus said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek what first the kingdom? No, seek first your groceries. Seek first your rent or your mortgage payment or your car payment. Seek first, no, what? Seek first what? The kingdom of God and his righteousness. What he's about and what he's called us to be about and how we're supposed to live our lives. And, but what a massive promise this is. He says, when our lives are devoted to that, all these other things that you need to do there will be added to you. Do you need food to keep doing it? Yeah, he's gonna provide that. Do you need a place to live? Yeah, he's gonna provide that. It may not be the place that you're choosing, but he will provide it. Uh, if you need a vehicle to do what God wants you to do, he'll provide you with a vehicle. If you, I mean, we can just go on down the list, right? If you need a 747 to do God's will for your life, guess what God will provide? You guys are looking at me like, I don't know about a 747. No, but the truth is what? All these things shall be added to you. What you need to accomplish his will and purposes in your life. And sometimes we get caught up in thinking our needs are other things besides that, but they aren't. And so you, you, if you uh, seek to live with the Lord, and we're not talking about being perfect, right? We're talking about growing, being consistent, and getting better at it, following more closely, as we'll talk in a little bit. But as we live this way, you will come to uh, uh, see what the psalmist did in Psalm 37. And boy, this was comforting to me at certain points in my life early on learning to trust God. It says, I have been young and now I'm old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken nor his descendants begging bread. God takes care of his children, those who are living for him, those who are serving him. He will provide what you need. Now, we live in maybe the richest country that has ever existed in the world. Our poor are wealthy compared to the rest of the world, right? Okay. So sometimes this affects our, our thinking about things. And I want you to know this, that when God says he's going to provide, it doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to provide three meals a day the way you want to eat. It isn't like, you know, well, let me just say, I want you to see the Apostle Paul talking about following the Lord. And he says, here's what happened. He talks about in hunger and thirst. Go ahead, Edward. In hunger and thirst, in fastings often. And he's not talking about fasting where he's chosen a fast. He's, we're fasting, why? Because we don't have anything to eat right now, okay? So, because they had to travel, they traveled by foot, they walked miles and miles and miles by foot and sometimes didn't have food to eat. But God provided them enough food to stay alive and to serve him. And, and again, why might God hold back on providing food? Because he's going to teach you to trust him, teach you to rely on him. And so we can expect that there will be times in our lives, because uh, what I don't want to have you happen is, and it's not about missing a meal so much it is, but the idea that you feel like, gee, I have this need, and God hasn't met this need. 
And I want you to see that there are times when God doesn't meet the needs the way we think he will. He doesn't meet the needs and the timing that we think he should. But he will always meet the needs that we have so we can continue to glorify him, to live our lives for him. He will absolutely do that. And from time to time, our problem in America is not that we, for most people, not everybody, most people in America, the problem is not that we don't have enough to eat. The problem is we have what? Too much to eat and we eat it, okay? We could, a lot of us could do without eating a lot less. Anyway, I want you to see that, that this is God, this is about meeting the needs that you have in order to glorify him. And let's just, let's just throw this out there. Does God ever let anybody be killed for serving him? We call those what? Martyrs, that's right. And so God could, he can let all this, but here's the deal. So if God puts me in a position, maybe he calls me someplace that's, that's you know, wilderness and, and not very friendly to Christians, and I go there, and man, I'm not, I'm not making it. Next thing you know, I, they've put me, throw me in prison, and they aren't feeding me, and eventually they kill me. What can I know? God provided everything I needed to glorify him in this way. See, this is the Christian life, folks. Really, and if I can just challenge you, don't come in and be a good Christian, you know, don't do the bad stuff, kind of, you know, be nice to people, all kind of stuff, but you don't see your life as being my life is God's. I want to challenge you, don't live that way. Your life belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ if you know him. And you need to say, that's how I need to live. And you need to be asking, him, what does that mean, Lord? And how do I do that and pursue that in your relationship with him? And when you do, he will provide everything that you need to accomplish those things in your life. So here's kind of a practical sense of what you can expect when it comes to God meeting your needs. You remember Israel in the wilderness and there was no food? God provides them manna, and he says this. So when they measured it, the manna that they gathered, he who gathered much had nothing left over, and he who gathered little had no lack. Every man had gathered according to each one's need. And so the Lord, generally speaking, in the, the normal issues of life, is going to provide you what you need. The Apostle Paul, talking about this in his own life, in Philippians, he says, not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased. And stay here for a minute, everyone. And I know how to abound. The Apostle Paul is here saying, I'm learning, just I'm content. I, I know that God is going to provide me everything I need. And so what do I know? If I don't have something right now that I think I need, is God's word still true? It is. Okay. What does that mean? means I don't actually need this right now. I don't. Not to glorify him, not to live for him. And so I can be content in that. I can be content with whatever he provides. Let's continue. He says, everywhere in all things I've learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and suffer need. How in the world do you do that, Paul? He says, well, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me, who strengthens me. This idea, this relationship, I'm living for the Lord. And he's gonna strengthen me, he's gonna meet my needs to do this. And then he tells the Philippians who have been giving to support the ministry, he says, and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So if you go away here with nothing else today other than this, that God will provide everything I need as I seek to live my life for him. 
and be confident in it. It'll change you. Man, some of your anxiety will go away, won't it? By the way, this is very pertinent to us today. Has anybody been grocery shopping lately? Did you spend more money than you used to spend? It's crazy, right? And so the, the crunch starts to come, and maybe we as Christians, you know, it's been easy. Maybe we're going to have to say, wait a minute, Lord, I need you to provide for me and let it grow our faith, okay? God also provides the abilities that we need. He provides us with the opportunities we need, anything like that, okay? So the second area we want to talk about is the Lord's direction. In, in verse, uh, well, let me, I should, let me go back. Let me uh, finish talking about this idea of he restores my soul. Man, that's, here's the reality. If you are living, if you are breathing, if you're interacting with other people, if you're just trying to live this life the way the Lord wants you to live, your soul is going to get tired. And what we mean by soul is this. There's, I, I, my understanding of the scriptures teaches that uh, we are a, a spiritual being, that we have a soul, we live in a body. And so this soul is this kind of this in-between the, the body and the spirit ideas. And this is where we have our mind, where we think, where our emotions, uh, where we process emotions. Um, sometimes we might fit it like our personality. Okay, but the idea, that's where we're gonna get tired. We get worn out. You know, when you, when you with your body, do hard exercise, right? Especially, it's, it's so, been so hot, you know, and you're outside working maybe for a number of hours. And, and you know, the idea, they say, you gotta be careful because you can deplete your electrolytes, the things that help keep your heart running right. Uh, you can deplete other minerals and things. So um, our, just like our body, when it's stressed under exercise and hardship, it depletes the things that it needs and you have to take in and so that you can restore that. The same thing happens with our souls. You know, our minds get weary. Our emotions can all of a sudden, like where did that come from? Did it overwhelm us and... And we, you know, we can start finding ourselves thinking in circles and, and obsessed and, and compulsive in those kinds of things. And then we feel anxious or depressed or a combination of all of those things. We feel that and we, by the way, this is for normal people I'm talking about. I'm not talking about someone who on top of that maybe has some physical problem where the chemistry's messed up and they need more. I'm talking about all of us. That it is natural for our souls to be depleted. He, he restores that. And how does he do that? Well, you know, we sang ancient words today about the word of God. And if we spend time with God in his word and, 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 you know, thinking about it, pondering it, thinking how it applies. Man, I, I've had a few times in my life, I generally speaking sleep pretty well. I've had a few times in my life where I woke up after a little nap at night Anybody ever done that? I woke up and my mind is going. <laughs> things that are problems, things that I'm concerned about, things that are, and you know, okay, go back to sleep, Lord, thank you, you know, you're gonna help me sleep, and I can't sleep, I'm not sleeping. And my 
soul is being depleted. <laughs> and I found those times I got up and I say, okay, Lord, I'm awake, you have me awake. And I, I think about these things, I open this word and sometimes I read about what the issue is. Sometimes I've just read maybe Psalms and, and get in the word. And it's not like a magic potion kind of thing at all. Please don't hear that. But the reality is, is I take the word of God, which is alive and powerful, and the Holy Spirit takes that word in me, in my mind, in my heart, deep in my soul. And after a while, an hour, hour and a half, all of a sudden I'm like, there's some rest here. And I can go to sleep. He's restored my soul. And we want to be doing this on a regular basis. We want to be in his word. We want to be having personal and intimate conversations with the Lord. We, we need to be pursuing restorative fellowship relationships with each other. You know, there are times when I, you know, I spend time with some of you, probably I could with any of you, but when we spend time together and we sit and talk, we share life, fun stuff, hard stuff, and, and we have this shared relationship with the Lord, two things happen. One is since I tend to be a little introvertish, I tend to be, I can be tired at the end of that. You know what I'm talking about? Are you introverts? <laughs> a little tired, but I'm refreshed. It's been good, and it's been a help to me. So he restores our soul. Um, all right, so let's talk about the Lord's direction then now. Let's read it here. And I know I didn't talk about the the green pastures and the still waters. This is the idea the Lord's providing for us, and I meant to talk about it, but we're going to press on. In verse 3, he restores my soul, then he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Okay? This idea of him leading us to the places that we go in our lives. So here's what I want to challenge you to do. It's respect to this. Follow the Lord so faithfully that it's his reputation that's on the line. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for what? To make my life easy. No, he leads me in the paths of righteousness for what? For his name's sake. And the idea is that he wants me to, to follow his leadership. He leads me in these paths of righteousness so that people might be able to see him. People might be able to know him through my life. Remember, that's what our lives are about, right? That's what we're saying here from the beginning. Okay? And so we want to follow him so closely that, I mean, oh, man, so many times, so many, I don't know about so many, that's overstatement maybe, but there's been plenty of times in my life where things haven't really gone that well and I can't blame God. Because you know why they didn't go well? Because I wasn't being submissive to him or I wasn't being thoughtful about what was coming out of my mouth. I wasn't submitted to the Holy Spirit and trying to walk. In the, you know what I mean? You ever done that? Anybody besides me ever mess up like that? Okay, well, you can, but I'm saying if I'm following the Lord and I'm walking with him and I'm doing the best, which doesn't mean I'm perfect. It means I mess up sometimes, but I, I'm humble and I'm uh, you know, seeking to live for him and I'm living by his word the best I know how, all this kind of stuff. Let me ask you, is God going to be faithful? Is God going to keep his word? Absolutely. Every time, every time, every time, he's going to do that. And when I'm following him closely, 
It's his reputation that's on the line. And now this is not a manipulation thing. Well, I'm going to manipulate God. I'm going to follow him so closely. He has to do the things. No. We're talking about we want to follow so closely because that's where we need to be. That's the best place to be. You know, don't be a sheep that's off there running off someplace else doing its own thing. You know, Hang close to the shepherd. Follow along. Stay close. He leads us in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And, and so... This is just approach. I mean, how do we do that? How do we follow him that closely? Well, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, we know it, right? Why don't you read it with me, okay? Read it out loud with me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will what? direct your paths. And so this is this idea of pursuing him. I want to know you. What is your will in this area? What's your will in that area? And so in all my ways, I'm trying to acknowledge him. I'm trying to, to live my life for him the way he wants me to. He will direct my paths. He will lead me in the paths of righteousness and it's going to bring glory to him. And by the way, let me just say this to you. When you think about your life and the blessings that you want, anybody like God's blessings in your life? But you were just thinking about it or what? Right? God's blessings are the best blessings. Sometimes we think, oh, the world has some pretty cool stuff. The world's stuff never compares to God's blessings. It really doesn't. And so here's, here's a, a truth you want to get a hold of. And that is that you will feel and experience the greatest blessing when your life most glorifies God. This is what you were made for. And so as you follow him that closely and, and, and he's being glorified, you will be experiencing the blessings of going along with that. Do you know how, how powerful it is, how meaningful it is to be able in the middle of terrible circumstances to have the calm and the peace of God because you know you're exactly where he wants you to be, doing what he wants you to do. Boy, is that good. You know, money can't buy that kind of thing. You know, wouldn't it have been nice to win the jackpot on Friday night? Did anybody, did anybody win by, I don't mean in here, I don't, maybe you did. If you, if you won that, I want to talk to you, okay? Uh, did somebody win? Okay, or maybe more than one somebody. What a cool thing that would be. But I'm telling you, you win a billion dollars, you cannot buy the things that only God can give to you. And it just might get in the way of some of those things. And so we need to be in his word and trusting him and trying to acknowledge him in all our ways. In Romans, Paul says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove and renew of our mind through the word of God in fellowship with the spirit of God and the people of God. And Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove, determine, figure out. What is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? And that's how, how he leads you in the paths of righteousness as you live those ways, okay? All right, let's talk about the Lord's protection of us. See, um, and let's just kind of set it up here before I, before I uh, go to that point. You know, he says, he leads me in the paths of righteousness and we're gonna follow close to him in verse four. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why does he say, I will fear no evil? What does it say? For you are with me. Now, think about this. 
If you say, I'm going to follow the shepherd as closely as I possibly can. I'm going to do my best to understand what that means. I'm going to follow him closely. If all of a sudden you find yourself in the valley of the shadow of death, this deep, dark shadows hanging over you, whether it's death or it feels like death, whether it's, you know, anxiety, depression, or just terrible circumstances in life, when you're living like the sheep who's falling close, what do, you, what do you know? How did you get to that place then? How did you find yourself in this place? You're there because you were what? Following the Lord. Okay, so what, what do I know then when I find myself in that place? I'm here because I'm with him. That's how I got here to this place in life. Well, that's good news, isn't it? If you will follow the Lord closely in your life, every time you end up in a really hard place, you're there with Jesus. He led you there. And this is what the psalmist says. Even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and you look up this word, it just means this really deep, dark, um, foreboding shadow in your life. He says, when you find something, he says, I'm, I won't fear any evil. Because you are with me. Man, what a powerful, powerful thing that is when you remember that. When you find yourself in that place where you, I don't know how I can go on, I don't know how to make sense of this. And I wait a minute. Lord, you are with me. I won't fear any evil. I don't have to be afraid. You're going to protect me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And you look at these words. A rod was like a club. And sometimes a shepherd might have had one that did both. But he says here separately, this is club. And what's the club for? It's not for you. It's for the enemies of the sheep. It's for, for the wolf or the snakes or the whatever, right? So, why do I need to be afraid? I'm here with the Lord. He's got this club. He can whoop up on anybody or anything that shows up and wants to do me harm. I'm not going to fear evil. Not going to do it. And then your staff, it also comforts me. And the, the shepherd would use his staff to guide this, the sheep and to kind of push them or pull them and, and keep them going in the right direction. So I find myself in this mess. Well, he's, going to, he's going to lead me. He's going to keep pulling me along. And this is such good news. And it says, they comfort me. Yeah, I don't think I need to talk much about that. I think you know what we're talking about. And it continues this idea of protection. He says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I have a hard time kind of picturing what that's about. Uh, you know, but it's the idea of, it's sort of like a, a banquet or a feast or a big dinner get together, and somehow the enemies are present, but they can't do anything about it. The enemy wants to, you know, get rid of you, but God says, hey, I, I got them taken care of here. Let's eat. Let's celebrate together. Let's have a good time together. Now, when you think about sheep, the Lord leads sheep, uh, the shepherd leads the sheep to pastures where they are going to eat, and... Uh, the shepherd's job would be to make sure that the enemy is, can't get them there, right? He's not going to lead his sheep into a place where the wolves can get them. He's, no, he's going to provide them a place to eat where they don't have to worry. And there's the key. They don't have to worry about the enemy. 
Now, I don't think God worries, but who worries about the enemy for us? God does. This means that I can pay attention to the things that I need to do. I can rest in the Lord. I can enjoy my relationship with him. I can enjoy my relationship with you, even though you know, the enemies are against us. And by the way, most of us, I don't think, have a lot of human enemies. Now, you may be able to think of somebody, I know, okay? Some who act like your enemies. Uh, but the Bible reminds us that it's not flesh and blood that we actually are wrestling against, right? It's, it's, it's Satan and the demonic powers. What would Satan do to you today if he could? If he could, he'd try to take your eternal life from you. He can't do that. If he could, he would get you off track. If he could, he would bring things into your life to try to make you doubt God. If he could do all of those kinds of things. But what God is saying, look, I'm taking care of the enemies. You focus on your relationship with me. Come sit at my table. Let's eat together. Let's talk. Let's spend time together. And so the, the Lord's personal presence protects you from both your fears and your enemies. And we think about the enemy. Jesus described our enemy. He called him the devil, who was a murderer from the beginning. And see, if Satan can't sidetrack you, he'd love to get rid of you. But who's taking care of that? God is. He's protecting you. And by the way, Satan does work through people. You know, often they're unwitting and they just do things that, that you know, aren't good. Um, but in the middle of it all, we can have the peace of God which passes understanding. And he says that will guard our souls. That will restore our souls. Uh, Psalm 27 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Let me say to you that, that uh, our enemies, you know, we, we might be fearful of them, but you know, you can be afraid of your own fears. In fact, sometimes that's what gets us. Sometimes that's what, okay, here you go. Some of you can relate to this. All of a sudden you find yourself anxious about something, and it's, it's a real thing. You find yourself anxious and then you become anxious because you feel anxious. And it gets worse, right, from there? But the idea is so our fears can work against us. And so once again, we need to come say, wait a minute, if the Lord is my light, he's the one who's saving me, why do I need to be afraid of these things? He's my strength. Who do I need to be afraid of? What do I need to be afraid of? No, the Lord is taking care of me. Here in the presence of my enemies, he's taking care of me. And then let's finish up with the Lord's blessings here. He says, you anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I think the idea of the cup running over is it's, it's, it's continually full. God is providing all of those things that I need and blessings beyond that. Um, when the idea of anointing my head with oil, uh, sometimes sheep will have, uh, they will get wounded, they'll have head wounds, or the, the, the bugs will bother the insects. By the way, it's, it's just not, it's not even a cool thing to think about, but there's certain kinds of flies that like to try to lay their eggs in the sheep's nose. Don't think down that process. But anyway, so sometimes, and that's a problem, the shepherd will anoint the sheep's head with oil, rub, rub the oil on the head, and aromatic oils that the, the flies 
don't like and are repelled from. So, but you get the picture. Here's the, the shepherd holding the sheep or in front of him and rubbing in the oil into the head and caring. Very personal, isn't it? Very intimate. The blessing that we have from God and how he works in our lives. Uh, and then surely goodness and mercy. We've already talked about a lot of the goodness of God and mercy. Oh boy. I am so glad. And as you're singing today, it hit me. The mercy of God. Mercy is when God does not give us what we deserve. And certainly that's true when you say, but you know what? I find it's way too often in my life that he's showing me mercy because I deserve something different. And he said, this is, as I live with the shepherd and I try to follow the shepherd, he shows me his mercy and they shall follow me how long? All the days of my life. And so here's the deal. As you follow the Lord, your life will be permanently marked by his blessings. Permanently. That's been my testimony. I, I, I can't think of anyone I know who's been saved any length of time over the years, right, who has anything else to say but that God has been so good to me. He's been so merciful to me. He's met my needs and beyond. He's, he's cared for me. And my life has been permanently changed. And by the way, it's not just permanently changed, it's eternally changed. And so when you follow the Lord, like Psalm 23 talks about, you will end up saying like what David said in Psalm 34, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. And then you'd be like the Apostle Paul who's trying to decide, hey, should I keep on living or would it be better if I die and go to heaven? He's talking about his situation and he says this, for I am hard pressed between the two having a desire to part and be with Christ, which is what? Far better. And so, if I'm here, I'm here, and all these things are true. My life has been permanently marked by his blessings. But not just this life, eternity. Where I'm going is far better. So it's good and it's only gonna get what? better. And we're not denying, we're not in denial, we're not saying there are hard things in life. We've already talked about all that today, but I want you to know that if you will follow the Lord, you will say, surely goodness and mercy are following me all of my days. And when it's all said and done, it's getting better with the Lord. Again, it starts with knowing Christ as Savior, like I talked about at the beginning. If you don't know that, you've got to settle that. Please let me help you with that if you got questions, okay? Those of you who are watching, same. Father, we come to you and thank you for your word. Pray, Lord, that we will be conscious of how we're living our lives. We'd be motivated to seek to follow you as our shepherd. Teach us, grow us, Lord. We, we want to trust you. We want to experience this life that we see you talk about in your word. And we want to glorify you in our lives, Lord. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.